Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Ryan Stacy. Today we're going to learn how to survive horror movies and how to survive real life. Today we're going to be looking at the movie Saw, which came out in 2004 and kind of kicked off the torture porn genre. Even though the first movie has surprisingly uh, not very much gore, but that's what we're going to be talking about today and how to survive the movie Saw and what the characters could have and should have done to make it out in one piece. Today my guest is my good friend Jake Johnson. Jake, how are you? Good, man. Good. Glad to be here. Oh, dude, it's uh, it's good to have you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with horror movies? Yeah, so kind of, you know, grew up as any other normal average Joe uh, watching horror movies when I definitely shouldn't have uh, as a young child. Favorite movie is Halloween, you know, OG Halloween. It's good stuff. Lover of all horror movies and just kind of, yeah, really like to delve deeper into the characters' minds. Good. You're actually the first guest we've had on the podcast that is a horror movie fan. I'm honored. Yes. Honored. And then also, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it was like working on New Girl? Ah, yeah, it was so great. It was so <laughs> great. You know, you know, uh, you know. There's a few uh, big personalities on that show, and you got, they got to keep be kept in check. But uh, you know, yes. you do what you can. Yes, we got a very high caliber, uh, talented guest this time around. So that's nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a legitimate podcast here, folks. Yeah. Uh, so, Jake, had you seen the movie Saw before? Yes, I had, yep. I saw it when I was a wee young lad in eighth grade, or the last time I remember seeing it, up until... Just now? Uh, yeah, up until we just saw it, um, was back in eighth grade uh, on Halloween. So, it's been a few years. But you had Saw, Saw. I had Saw, Saw. <laughs> yes. Okay, so for those of you who aren't familiar with what we do here on How to Survive a Horror Movie, what we're going to be doing is going through the entire plot of Saw and comparing it to our master list of rules that we have on How to Survive a Horror Movie and take a look at what our characters could have or couldn't have done to make it out of this movie alive. And if necessary, if we don't have a rule in place for what our characters do, we will add new rules because our our goal here is to create a giant master list on how to survive all horror movies. And so we're going to be taking a look at Saw today, figuring out what our characters could have and couldn't have done to make it out. And then at the very end, we're going to be giving out an award, two awards actually, one for the person who did the best job at following the rules and one for the person who did the worst job. So Jake, last thing uh, before we get into this, did you like the movie? I did, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's uh, because I think this movie was really the first of its kind to introduce the what would I be doing in that scenario. Like, that was kind of, like, more active than in other horror movies, Mm -hmm. where it was, like, since it was just the two people and the the inner dynamic of the two, you really put you in the perspective of those people. You could really project yourself on that, and more so than in other horror movies, because you're just like, oh my god, what, like, would I have done, like, shit, would I have done that? Like, I know you do that in every horror movie, but this one seemed a little more... Seems a little more intimate. Yeah, a little more intimate, a little more, yeah, personal, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. I also enjoy the movie. I think it's good. Uh, it's definitely has some problems. There's some pretty bad acting. Yes, yeah. There's a there's a few terrible scenes, but uh, and, yeah, and there's a few moments that just don't make sense. Uh, I mean, you can tell the budget was super low, but for what it is, I think it's good. I don't think it's the best in the series, but I still think it's a legitimately good movie, and yeah. I always have a blast watching it. Mm-hmm. Plus that soundtrack. I mean, oh yeah, dun, dun, dun. how can you dun, 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 how can you dun, go wrong dun, with dun, the movie? Dun, dun. Soundtrack like that. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so that takes care of all the intro stuff. 
Without further ado, let's get into this movie. Spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling this entire movie. So, Saw kicks off with a guy named Adam in a, underwater in a bathtub. And we kind of see a, a, what turns out to be a key with a light attached to it floating around in the water with him. Adam wakes up underwater, and as one would do, they get out of the water. They naturally realize they can't breathe underwater. Uh, <laughs> unless they are Jason, whatever that guy's name is. Or he's... No, yeah, or that, or the guy from Aquaman. Oh, uh, Jason Momoa? Yeah, Jason Momoa. There we go. <laughs> yeah, unless yes. you're him. So he uh, accidentally knocks the plug out of the the drain. Yep. And the key, unfortunately, goes down the drain, which we don't find out until the end of the movie. That's what it was. But... I mean, we as the audience knew something was down the drain, but we, we didn't know what exactly. Uh, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> like, we'll find yeah. out at the end that the key to get out of the chains was in the bathtub, but Adam had a 0% chance. So. Yeah, there was, like, even... Like, we, we were even talking about this before, but now that we are on the podcast, yes. I can actually say it. But, like, it doesn't make any sense because even if you knew that there was a key in a bathtub and you were going to be put in there and woken up, even if you knew that ahead of time, you still wouldn't react enough yep. to get the key. Like, even then, the key still could fall down the drain. Adam had a 0% chance, or a 0.1% chance of yeah. stopping this yeah. from happening. I think this was the least fair Saw tactic. Yeah, this is bullshit. This was this is some this is some cheap shit right here. Yeah, so I feel bad for Adam, because he didn't have a chance once he was here. Like, no. That, that sucks. First thing I want to say is, uh, rule number one to survive a horror movie is realizing that you are in one. Now, there's a lot of flashbacks in Saw, so Adam discovered he was in or he adam should have known he was in a horror movie before this point mm-hmm. yep but he gets knocked unconscious at that point so he wakes up in a place he's unfamiliar with okay you know you're in a horror movie yeah, period there's exactly. no excuses especially anymore. since the, uh, the the events that we see later on yeah. that precede him. yeah yeah so adam has no excuses but this this key thing is just unfair bullshit yeah so this is one of my big problems with the movies that just sucks Mm-hmm. Adam gets out of the tub. He's looking around. He realizes he's chained to something. He's in a pitch black room. There's somebody else in the room it turns out to be a Dr. Lawrence Gordon, played by Carrie Ellis, who's in my favorite movie of all time, Twister. Also Princess Bride. <laughs> also Princess Bride. Also Pierre Despero in Psych. Shout out to my psychos. <laughs> <laughs> Great actor. Not not his best role, though. Not his best performance, unfortunately. <laughs> no, he... He comes, I mean, I sympathize for him, but he becomes a whiny little bitch towards the yeah. end. And then when he's, like, crying, yeah, he's yeah, like, it's, uh, it's not great. He's not the best uh, at that type of role. New nope. uh, Dr. Gordon manages to get the lights on. They are, they're both chained up in this old, crappy industrial bathroom. And there's a corpse in the middle of the floor. Blood everywhere. Looks like he shot himself. There's a gun in his hand. And he's got a tape player in the other hand. Dr. Gordon and Adam... Even if you weren't already, because of the flashbacks, even if you didn't already know you were in a horror movie, now there's there's no question. Yeah, like you're definitely in one now. Yeah, so rule number one, now you have no excuses. Do do smart things. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on, how they got there, and they notice there's a brand new clock in, in the room. That's the only thing that's new in this whole room. There's a door out of the room that they can't get open. Adam manages to find an envelope in his pocket with a tape that says, play me, and Dr. Gordon... Does the same. He finds a bullet and a key, and they try the key on their, their chains. It doesn't work. Uh, but they're trying things. They're trying to figure this out. So, you know, so far, so good. But it doesn't work on any of their locks. 
Adam managed to use his shirt and the bathtub plug chain to get the tape player. I out thought of, that was very resourceful. Yeah, yeah. very smart. Get yeah. it out of the corpse's hand. That's it's, kind of my favorite stuff in this movie. Is yeah, those kind of decisions, especially especially because you don't really know what Jigsaw is like envisioning them doing. Sure. I mean, so he has no idea what they're actually going to do. I kind of see it as like a game of Dungeons and Dragons, where Jigsaw is kind of like the dungeon master, where he's written this game out. He's got this idea on how it'll go, but he really doesn't know. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see them find ways to, to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just what I really like about this movie is watching that kind of stuff. Do you think that Jigsaw planned that to only work it out if he had used that plug? Or do you think there were multiple different scenarios where he could? I wouldn't have been surprised if there's other ways he could have figured it out. There's other ways. Yeah. Because that's what I was wondering throughout the whole thing. I'm like, was he planning this whole thing step by step? That the only way that to solve this specific puzzle was to get that little chain from sure. the tub and throw it on the hand. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, there's so many different ways it could have gone. It's like an escape room, but, you know, not so fun. Uh, so he managed to get the tape, and it's from the person we later learn is the Jigsaw Killer. Like, the killer talks to Adam, you know, that he's kind of a voyeur. He watches other people live their lives. Now he can either watch himself die or do something about it. And his tape is kind of vague. He gets the tape from Dr. Gordon who listens to it, and basically he is told he has to kill Adam by 6 o'clock, so he's about 8 hours. And if he doesn't, his family, his wife Alice and his daughter Diana will die. And then Jigsaw also mentions a couple of other things, that the man in the room, that the corpse has poison in his blood, and then he also says, X marks the spot. And then he says, follow your heart. Yeah, very, very softly he says, follow follow your heart. At the very end of it, yep. And they, they listen to it a couple times and that they hear that. And Dr. Gordon notices there's a heart drawn on the toilet that's by, over by Adam. So Adam searches it and finds a package with hacksaws inside. Plus some more stuff that we don't learn about yet. Adam mm-hmm. hides that. But he gives one of the hacksaws to Dr. Gordon. He uses one for himself, and they try to cut their chains. Doesn't work, but, you know, good effort. Yeah. Why do you think Adam's broken and, and uh, Gordon's didn't? Uh, Adam was probably going too hard with it. Dr. Gordon's a little more precise. He's a surgeon. That could be. Adam's an angry punk. But Adam ends up breaking his saw. He, Tosses in anger, throws it at a mirror, and part of the mirror breaks off. That'll come into play later. And Gordon realizes the saws aren't for the chains. They're for their feet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's like the, it's, it's like the old revelation that the, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. It's just like, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh fuck. No. <laughs> no. So that's kind of the game is like, will they saw off their feet to get out of here or not? Gordon figures out that the Jigsaw Killer is the person behind all this because he was a suspect in the Jigsaw Killer case, and so he knows some stuff about this where Adam knows nothing about this. He's never heard of this. Uh, so Dr. Gordon was a suspect, and so we have a flashback. We meet Detective Tap, played by Danny Glover. Uh, he's getting too old for this shit. Phenomenal actor. Yeah, from Lethal Weapon. Great. And Detective Singh, who's played by Ken Leung, who was in my favorite TV show, Lost. He played Miles on Lost. We get a, kind of a, a few scenes of them investigating some of the Jigsaw Killer's previous crimes. And we get our first death of the movie with Paul. Paul was put in a cage kind of thing in this like basement, basically. Yep. And it was full of razor wire. And to get out... It was he, like a labyrinth of razors. Yeah. Razor wire. He had two hours to tunnel his way through this razor wire, get out the other end, and get out of the basement before the door sealed him inside. And Paul was chosen for this because he cut himself with a razor. Yeah, he was apparently suicidal or cut himself, even though from the outside it appeared that he had a good life. Yep. So that's why he was chosen. So the jigsaw. Man, though, could you imagine if uh, today they made that? They made that movie where a serial killer was like, hey, I'm going to put you in there for a... 
yeah having a mental disorder like yeah no like i back in the day yeah like, nobody would have been like yeah no worries they're looking but, back and like now it's like dude that's fucked up you should be but, yeah, trying but to now, help this guy yeah so Paul, he tunnels his way through, but he doesn't end up making it out. He cuts himself too deep. He gets stomach acid on the floor of this place. It's crazy, and he ends up dying from blood loss. All right, so let's talk about Paul. Now, the way I see it, we have two things to talk about in terms of surviving these movies. First, getting captured in the first place and getting yourself put in the trap, and then surviving the trap itself. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't see Paul get captured. We have no information on if he did anything right or wrong there. So we can't really speak to that. Yeah. All we, all we got to go on was the tape that, yep. uh, that, that Jigsaw left behind. Yeah. So, so we have nothing there. So that just leaves, could Paul survive this trap? It's a little tough to say because the way it is edited is so quick. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you don't really get a good look at the, the actual layout yeah. and the path that he would have to take. Yeah, we don't get a sense of how far this thing was, how long it went. But he had two hours to get through this thing. I feel like if he doesn't panic and freak out, which he seems to do in in the movie, yep. he could have made this if he went slow enough. So yeah, the only thing I can think of is if Paul doesn't panic, if he slows down, he... Don't, again, I don't know if he could have made it, but yeah. he had a better chance because he, he loses his mind. You know? I think, well, I mean, maybe he just kind of panicked and, yeah, maybe he just lost his cool and yeah. just kind of waited too long and then rushed it. Well, like like I said, I don't really know what the how dense the, the razor was yeah. and um, all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, he probably could have... I feel like he could have made a better attempt yep. than, than what he was displaying in the movie. We definitely saw him panic, and that's never the right thing to do, so... No. I'm going to go ahead and say we have a new rule. We have rule number 10, don't panic. Don't panic. Panicking does you no good under any circumstances. you got to stay cool, stay calm, stay collected, stay focused. And, again, I don't know if this rule would have saved Paul's life. Yeah. But it, you know, there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. So, yes, uh, rule number 10, don't panic. Do you like that rule, Jay? I like that rule. Yeah. I like that rule. The only crazy thing is that so many horror movie uh, people panic. And so that rule is going to be broken quite often. Yes, yeah. that, I'm going to go on record and say that's the number one rule that will be broken. Uh, it'll be very common, <laughs> very very common. Uh, and then they also noticed that he had a jigsaw piece cut out of him. Mm-hmm. So the jigsaw killer, even though he's technically not a murderer, but I call bullshit on that. Giving somebody a gun and forcing them to pull the trigger on themselves—that's still murder. So yeah, it's murder by murder by proxy yeah. or something. Yeah, no, it's it's bullshit. He's a killer. Fuck you, jigsaw. You're a piece of shit. He's a mastermind, though. He's a mastermind. Mastermind at his craft. But he's a self-righteous fuck. I, True. I hate his guts. He's a great actor. or a great character, though. Yeah. And then we cut to our next victim, which is a guy named Mark. He was in a room naked, and his thing was he liked to call in sick all the time or something like that. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really catch his. I, I didn't. All I know is that he was poisoned. He had poison in his blood. He had a slow-acting poison in his body. And he needed to find the combination that was written on the walls. Yep. Which... Tons of numbers. Yeah, there was ridiculous. Thousands of numbers to open a safe in the room. He mm-hmm. needed the numbers to open a combo to the safe where the antidote was. Yeah. Uh, to make things worse, there's glass on the floor everywhere, so you're gonna cut your feet open. And he also has a flammable substance all over his body, and has a small little bitty candle little candle to light the room with. So once again, we have no idea how Mark got captured and how he got put in here. So we can't nope. say anything about this. So the question is, could Mark have survived this trap? I'm gonna go say no. I'm gonna say no too. Yeah, I'm gonna say no because we don't know. Like, what direction? Like, if it was going diagonal, if it was going up, down, left, right. Like, we don't know what kind of 
uh, direction the code was going in. There were so many ways for him to die here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody could have expected him to survive this. There's, yeah. there's no way. There's no way, especially with you cutting your feet up, and then you could lose your balance, and all of well, a sudden you're on fire. Actually, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, I mean, you could pick up one of those little glass shards and kind of, you know, scrape off the excess, you know, oil that was on his body to a point where he could, you know, relatively safely pick up the candle with a hand. I suppose. And then, I mean, theoretically, if you rule 10, don't panic, you could potentially take a bigger shard glass and just kind of keep scraping a path through... I mean, granted, it, it, you would still probably not yeah. make it, but... And we don't know what the substance was exactly. Yeah, you could make... Yeah, but I mean, you could make the argument that he could have made a better attempt. Sure. But I still think the outcome would probably have been the same. Yeah, I think he's got less than a 1% chance yeah. of making it out of this. Instead Virtually of being no burnt alive, he would just... Die from yeah, the poison. Die from the poisoning. I'm going to say Mark really didn't violate any rules, and he just got a bad draw. Yeah. Poor guy. Feel bad for him. They also, the detectives note that there's a peephole at the scene of the crime, both scenes of the crime... But at this one, they find a pen light left behind, and they get it checked for prints. And it turns out Dr. Gordon's fingerprints are on it. So we cut to Dr. Gordon. He's treating a cancer patient named John with some medical students. And we are introduced to an orderly at the hospital named Zepp, who is played by Michael Emerson, also from Lost. Played Benjamin Linus, one of the greatest actors on the show ever. Oh, yeah. Great point. He's fantastic. So Zepp has bonded with John, and we get that established. But Dr. Gordon gets called to his office and meets with Detective Tap, Detective Singh, and they take him down to the station because the pen light belonged to Gordon. At the station, Gordon talks to his lawyer. He was seeing somebody, and he's kind of vague about what exactly he was doing. It wasn't a patient. That's all we learn at the time. But he ends up giving the detectives his alibi. It checks out, so they have to let him go. But before they let him go, Amanda Young, who will become a key player in this franchise, but only has a small role in this movie is brought into the station. She's the only survivor of Jigsaw's traps so far. And Sing and Tap, they, they question Amanda, and they ask Gordon to sit in and listen. They want to try and get an emotional read on Rattle him. Rattle his cage. And, see how he reacts, because yeah. they still think he did it, especially Tap. So we cut to the, this warehouse where Amanda wakes up with this thing called a reverse bear trap on her head, which will rip her head rip, open. Yeah, rip her top jaw from her bottom jaw. Yeah. Just pry it open. It's horrific, but it looks so cool. Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, no thank you. Easily one of the most memorable scenes. I'd say number one. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I would definitely be inclined to agree on that. I think this is the one everybody, who even the people who haven't seen Saw, knows about. There's a TV in the room, which turns on, and we are introduced to Billy the Puppet for the first time. Mm -hmm. This kind of real creepy red and white puppet that um, talks to Amanda about the reverse bear trap, shows her what it'll do to her. She has 60 seconds from when she gets up out of her chair to go get the key, which is in the stomach of her dead cellmate, and we're showing a body in the room. A guy named Donnie. I looked this up online. His oh. name is Donnie. Glad they gave him a name. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs a name. So the key is in his stomach, so she will have to go cut open his stomach and get the key out. And yeah, so she's 60 seconds to do this. And Amanda manages to get out of her restraints, get out of the chair, and the timer starts. So we're in trouble now. She goes over to Donnie's body, and there's a scalpel over there, and she picks it up, and it's revealed Donnie is actually still alive. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. And Amanda cuts into him anyway, and manages to get the key out of his stomach and get the bear cage or the bear trap off her just in the nick of time. We, we learned Donnie was drugged, couldn't move. With couldn't, a, yeah, paralysis. Yep. Type of poison medicine thing. So let's talk about Donnie. This poor, poor fucker. This poor man. Yeah, Donnie had a 0% chance of making it out of this game. Oh, yeah. And it is I think, utter I, bullshit. I think Donnie was like, I don't even know, we don't even know what he did wrong. Nope. 
Uh, I believe he's got a cameo appearance in Saw 4 at a drug clinic, so kind of implying he was a druggie or something. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of these early people have a cameo appearance in Saw 4 at this drug clinic. They yeah, all... but all we know is what we're going on with yeah. Saw 1 at this point. Yeah, we're, we're only going off of what we have so far. Yeah. And when we, when we get to, like, Saw 4 and 5, we can... We can add on. Yeah, yeah, we can add on. But so far, all we have is Donnie is just this unlucky bastard who gets cut the hell out of yeah. and dies. So Donnie made no mistakes. He just got screwed. Yeah. Can we also say that Amanda, well, I don't. we don't really know how she got captured either. True. I would say she made also no mistakes. Yeah. Because she was like, timer started clicking. She was like, well, I guess we're, I guess we're doing this. She, she, uh, she panicked as she was getting out of the chair, and then the timer starts going down, and she's like, oh, shit. She stops panicking, and she gets right down to business. Even though Donnie is still alive, she knows it's him or me. Yeah, she doesn't even she doesn't even bat an eye. Like uh, she just does it. Yeah, she, I mean, she just gives him one look, and she's just like, oh, "All Sucks right, to be you, dude." Yeah. So flawless victory for Amanda here. She perfectly executes on surviving this movie. She'll come back in the sequels, but yeah. so far, yeah, she cuts them open. She gets the key. She gets the bear trap off. She makes it. Can we also say that I think this one was by far the easiest one to. To, to survive yeah in terms of likelihood because in all honesty if you woke up and there was some random dude who was just moving his eyes and doing nothing yep i mean i'd be like well yeah it's time for time for you to go yep i mean it would be a really easy decision yeah the only hard part i think about this trap is you only have a minute whereas the other traps you have a lot longer yeah that's so true if you panic you're out of time that's very true so yeah if you can get over so if that you don't yeah, if you don't break that uh that rule ten. Yeah, if you don't break rule ten, you're 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 clear. So good on Amanda. Flawless execution. Yeah, she meets Billy the puppet again, and basically he's like, "You have an appreciation for life now." <laughs> so we cut back to the present. It's revealed Amanda was a drug addict, and that's why she was chosen. But uh, she says that the jigsaw killer helped her. Yep, and she's better. Now. Yeah, and she almost seemed grateful. Yep, scared but grateful. Yep, in like in like a weird type of way pretty messed up but that's yeah. all we get about her on in this movie mm-hmm. she'll be back but good for amanda good job okay so we cut back into the bathroom where adam's pissed off at gordon but he realizes the mirror that he broke earlier is, is two-way they can see through from the other side and he manages to break the rest of the mirror part there's a camera behind it they're being watched we'll just go ahead and spoil it they're being watched by zap the orderly yep. mm-hmm. because if you look closely you could see parts of his face and you can tell it's him like, oh yeah pretty early on yeah very early on not in this scene even though i kind of recognize his voice but for the second time we see him watching mm-hmm. the cameras you get a glimpse of his yeah face. you get you get a side glimpse of his chin and a little bit of his like cheek so yeah yeah and it's, it's a very distinguishable face where if you know him even for like a second you yeah can... uh so zep is watching gordon and adam at this point, they have about six hours to go, and Gordon starts thinking about his family, and we're introduced to his daughter, Diana, and his wife, Allison. The daughter, Diana, wakes up. There's a man in her room, she thinks. She gets her mom and her dad to come check it out, and it's all fine and dandy, except they didn't do a very good job of checking yeah. the room out. Can we, yeah, I mean, like, did we? Did they not do the whole, oh, nothing's in your closet, nothing's yep. under the bed, but you mean, you gotta at least do the shtick if you're gonna say nothing's there. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? But yeah, they, they should have checked the closet. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have kids, but I feel like if my daughter came into my room and was like, there's someone in there, I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to go and check that out together, and we're going to search top and bottom, yeah. left and right. Because one, there's nobody there. If yeah. there's nobody there, yeah. then, you know, at least like, hey, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. You exactly. can calm them down. Or B, there's somebody there. Yeah, or <laughs> B, there's somebody there. I don't think kids are going to just make that up. I mean, it, yeah, it's usually a monster. A man. It, yeah, it's usually a monster. Uh, they they rarely they would rarely say there's a man. Yep, it's very specific. That that'd be like, huh? 
for me. I'd be like, that's yeah, oddly specific. Because yeah. if it was like, if it was like, there's a monster, I'd be like, oh, okay. So I guess we have a little bit of rule three here. Do your damn job as a parent here. I mean, I'm not going to kill him for this one. No, it's we the- could. We could also make a rule potentially about like rule rule eleven. Uh, listen to the kids. Listen to the kids. Uh, listen to the kids or crazy people. Uh, we actually kind of already have that. That kind of applies under rule one and two. Where okay. it's knowing you're in a horror movie and constant vigilance. Oh, yeah. So there's like sub rules for that. That's fair. Like, um, but in, in this case, since all three of them survived this movie, you know. Yeah. Not a huge deal. Yeah, we can we can let it slide. Yeah, I, I think we gotta let it slide because they, they all three of these people make it out. Spoilers. It's not pretty though. <laughs> it's not pretty. Gordon puts her back to bed. He gets uh, beeped. So this movie's kind of dated. He gets a call. Yeah, he gets a beeper back in the nineties. Uh, and he says he's got to go to work. So we cut back into the bathroom. We have about five hours to go. Gordon tosses Adam his wallet to show him pictures of his daughter. And Adam kind of flips through the pictures and he finds a photo of uh, Allison and Diana tied up. And on the back it says, X marks the spot, you can see better with your eyes shut, or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Adam keeps this from Gordon, which is probably the smart move. It's, this will keep Gordon calm. Yeah. No real good can come from this for Adam. No. Especially because Gordon's goal is to kill Adam, and this might make him more desperate and do something crazy like try and kill Adam. And yeah. Adam doesn't want that. Exactly. So I'm going to say this is a good move for Adam to hide this yeah, photo. Yeah, this, this, is, this is a tactical move here because, mm-hmm. I mean, if I saw that, I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't uh, give that photo up for anything. Yep. So He did it very smoothly, too. He did a very... I mean, it wasn't, like, smooth, smooth, but, like, it was... Like, oh, I'm just yeah. gonna... Ooh, I gotta... Ooh, I hurt myself getting up a little bit. Oh, no, yeah. here you go. Here's your wallet back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, luckily, uh, you know, he's not the smartest, brightest bulb, most attentive yep. when, we're in the, when they're in that room, so he got away with it. Yes. Constant vigilance, Dr. Gordon. You should have noticed there's something weird going on with Adam right there. Yeah. So that's rule number two is constant vigilance. That'll come in more into play later, but... Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, because along the way, Adam started shifting his emotional estate. Yep. And he started becoming more uh, of an instigator and stuff like that. A little more antagonistic. Yeah, a little more antagonistic and just kind of not being as helpful. And whereas before he wasn't, I was wondering why that shift occurred. Like, was there an actual point where that happened? But... I guess I don't know. Uh, there wasn't really a really emotional moment for Adam until the very end of the movie. Yeah. So, don't know. It might just be sloppy writing. Yeah. Do we even know why Adam is even in there? For, like, a reason why... He, other than just taking pictures of other people? Yeah, he's a voyeur. He spends too much of his time watching other people and not living his own life. Is kind of the point, I guess. Hmm. Well, I mean, if that's your income. I mean, if you're yeah. like a photographer. But I guess he doesn't do anything else. Oh, well, I mean... Yeah, I mean... Well, Jigsaw, get get your own life, man. Yeah. Get Jigsaw, your own life. Do, do your own let, stuff, let, man. Let, let, let people do their own thing. Uh, Jigsaw. Jesus. <laughs> Breaking some rules, Jigsaw. <laughs> so we cut back, uh, Gordon, to the flashback, and Gordon and Allison are arguing, but Gordon leaves. We learn there is actually a man in Diana's room. It's Zep, but this isn't revealed yet, but he grabs Diana, Allison breaks in, and we cut away, but he captures both of them. Yep. So this is the point where both Allison and Diana should know they're in a horror movie because they just got captured by a crazy man in their room. <laughs> to be to be fair, the the child should have known before because because she said that the man talked to her. Yep. So I mean, she should have been much more. I mean, I know she's a child, but she should have been like, Dad, there there's a dude in there. Like he was talking to me. And she, well, the dad comes in and like calms her down. The typical parents thing. And, you know, kids, they got to trust their parents. Yeah. So we can't really hold it against her. That's fair. She went and got help. <laughs> he failed to help. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And now they're both tied up and captured. 
Zepp terrorizes them a little bit. He's kind of a prick. Yeah, he is. We're going to talk about this more, but at the very end of the movie, it's revealed that he was a victim too. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a slow acting poison in his body, and that's why he did all of this. Um, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but he did not have to terrorize the kid and the mom while he was at. He was enjoying himself way too much. Yeah, he he seemed to, like, really enjoy the role. Yep. Really took it to heart. Because, I mean, he could have just been a standard... You know, he could have been outside and just, like, been watching the house. Yep. And they could have been sleeping, and he could have just broken in, killed them, and ran yep. off. I mean, yep. he could have... But no, he... I mean, he wanted them to... I don't know. Maybe it was because of the... Of the doc of Gordon being so kind of dismissive of yeah, him, yeah, dismissive of him, maybe of maybe of John uh, uh, or of Jigsaw. John got in his head a little bit. Yeah, you know? I uh, don't know why he was so psychotic. Yeah, he's for, he's sick. Yeah, not a good guy, Zep. No, it's not a nice thing to do. But we'll talk more about that later. Zep glances out the window, and that's important because somebody has cameras set up and is watching their place, and it turns out to be Detective Tap, Danny Glover, mm-hmm. who's still too old for this shit. And he's been watching the apartment. He's been he's obsessed with the jigsaw killer, and he's in this like shithole apartment. He's got newspaper articles all over the place. Yeah, big kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. And he think he still thinks the killer is Doctor Gordon. He's uh, completely obsessed with this idea. So we cut back into the flashback uh, right after the, they interviewed Gordon, and Tap takes Gordon home. But Tap still thinks Gordon did it. So he studies the VHS tape with Billy on it from Amanda's game. And he's just going in over and over and over. And he and his partner, Detective Singh, managed to figure out where they filmed the tape because of some gang graffiti and where a fire alarm went off on a, a certain mm-hmm. night. So they figure out it's this specific warehouse. They decide to go in without a warrant and without backup. Yeah, big, big, big red flags. Rule number three, do your damn job. This yeah. is not good. You don't go without a warrant because even if they caught him and arrested him, yeah, this would get thrown out of court because exactly. they did not have a warrant. Yeah, and it's, it's it, it could. I mean, it's the it's the definitive moment of where Jigsaw could have been captured before anyone else had gotten harmed. If they had done this by the book, they could have got him mm-hmm. right here. And we could have also we could also mention the fact that when they were there, he was out. He was not in the building, and so they had free reign to do whatever they were looking at things. They were discovering uh, details and information, and then they realized that he's coming back into the into his into his base and instead of cornering him instantly right out of the gate they let him walk around and manage to get the upper hand yep and that ensues the entire rest scene of the, the series entire, yeah the entire rest of the series yeah um because yeah they go into the warehouse they find his lair and they find a victim named jeff we find out i uh, found out later online and jeff is in a trap with like drill bits aimed at his neck mm-hmm. but it, it's not going yet but Jigsaw comes back, and they hear him coming up the elevator, so they cover back up, and they hide, even though Singh doesn't want to do that. He wants to arrest him right now. But Tap wants to wait and see what he does. Rule number three, Tap, do your damn job. Yeah. It's oh, it's so stupid. It's it's a terrible, terrible move. So they let him wander around, and when they finally pull their guns on him, he activates the trap. Mm-hmm. And so these drills are coming for Jeff. And so good on Detective Singh. Uh, he figures this out. He beats the trap. He's given it a ring of keys to try and get it unlocked, and there's so many keys. But eventually, he just pulls out his gun, shoots the drill bits off, and saves Jeff's life. So, good job on Singh there. But this distracts Tap long enough for Jigsaw to, like, pull out a knife and, like, slash Tap's throat. But not, yeah. like, all the way through. Yeah, like, that, just was, that was, like, the coolest, like, little switchblade from, yeah. from the arm. Hidden blade. Up yeah, the it was basically, like, the Emperor's lightsaber type deal. Just yeah. kind of switchblade deal. Kind of an Assassin's Creed type yeah. thing. It's yeah. pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's badass. And so this is another violation for Tap. For rule number two, constant vigilance. He lets himself get distracted. Yep. And he could have easily died here. Um, easily. He gets his throat cut, and it doesn't sever his windpipe. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, just barely. I mean, it cut it deep, but not deep enough yeah. to really yeah, just, cause just, damage. Just the skin. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think later on it's, it's I mean, it, they indicate that he has some type of yeah, it might have hit like raspiness. Yeah. But I mean, he's still able to talk a little bit. Yeah, like he he was able to breathe. He could mm-hmm. he lived through this. Yeah, but he's down for the count for this part of the movie. And Sing, Detective Sing, goes after him this, again. No backup. This is terrible, terrible call. At this point, at this point, you you cut your losses. You got to cut your losses. You need to get help for your partner. Yeah, uh, and you need to protect yourself because who knows? You've already seen one trap going to. Yeah, who knows what? How many traps this man has? Yeah. in his own building. I mean, you're you're basically walking into his playground. Yeah, and at this point, there's probably fingerprints around this place. Turns out there isn't, mm. but you. But we don't know that. Yeah, yet. they and they don't know that either. But there's a fair assumption that yeah, there's probably fingerprints around here. Get some backup. type of evidence. Get backup, but they don't do it. Singles after him, and he managed to get a shot off and, and shoots Jigsaw and injures him. But he fails rule number two, constant vigilance. He does not see the tripwire. Nope. And which causes a booby trap of shotguns above his head to go off and it kills Singh. Yeah, he he bit, he bit the big one. Yeah. Rip Miles from Lost. Sad day. So for Detective uh, Singh, Stephen Singh, I think is his first name. Rule number one, he knew he was in a horror movie because he's a, he's a cop. Well, to be fair, I mean... To to the cops, this is just a normal day yep. on the job. So they should almost always be aware that they're yeah, in a horror movie. Yeah, so I mean, they should always pretend that they're in a horror movie to that extent. But but yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't see it as like a horror movie scenario. They'd probably just see it as this is another serial killer yep. scenario. So I mean, I you would probably expect the same type of... It's the same idea. Awareness level to be the same. Yeah, as soon as they realize there's a serial killer cutting jigsaw pieces out of people and yeah like they they need to be on the ball especially when they raid this warehouse and so i mean no fault here they know they're in a horror movie they know that yeah it's, especially since they've discovered all the tapes they've seen all the you know the recordings and yeah. the evidence yeah but he violated rule number three by doing a bad job at his job didn't wait for backup didn't get a warrant he didn't have enough constant vigilance to see the trip wire he didn't double tap he, he probably would have so I'm not going to fault the double tap because he was getting in for he was moving in closer for a better shot, and yeah. that double tap if he had that he still would have died there. That's true, but Jigsaw could have also died. Could have could have if he had shot Jigsaw again could have died there. Also, can we say that would a shotgun blast go that go that far? That's probably why he lived. He probably just got that, snagged yeah, with like a pellet or something. I was going to say because that shotgun blast wouldn't I don't think would do much damage from that distance. Uh, so Stephen Singh violates rule number two, constant vigilance. Rule number three. Do your damn job. And that's about it. That's about it for mm-hmm. Steven Singh. Gotta be looking out and you gotta do your job right. Yeah. Because if he'd come with backup and with a warrant, they could have arrested this whole thing. He oh, yeah. lives, gets going to his wife. Yeah. And we end the series right here. Yeah, and Tap doesn't lose his goddamn mind. Yep. Well, he could have saved a lot of lives if they had done their job. Yeah. Bad job, Detective Singh. Yeah, these are these are not the best detectives. No, they are not. Uh, so Jigsaw manages to get away, but Tap survives this ordeal. Cut back to the present. Tap's in his apartment and he's... Clearly lost it a bit. He's talking mm-hmm. to a photo of Singh. He's just... Yeah. Gone loco. Yep. So we cut back into the bathroom. Uh, we got about four hours to go. Zap's still watching Gordon and Adam. And Adam has an idea. And he tells Gordon to turn off the lights. And we see... We finally find the X with a glow-in-the-dark paint. Gordon turns the lights back on and he breaks it down and finds a box inside. And they use the key that they had found earlier to unlock it. And inside there's a cell phone, two cigarettes, a lighter, and a note. Which Gordon doesn't show Adam the note. 
And it says that the cigarettes are harmless, but he reminds him that there was poison in the blood of the, the deceased man in the room. So that's another way he could kill Adam. Yep. And By having him. So he's got that, and he's got the, the gun in the bullet. The gun in the bullet. So he's got two ways to do it now. Uh, Gordon tries the phone. Smart. But he can't call out. Something's wrong with it. Uh, it can only receive calls, this mm-hmm. phone. Don't know if you can actually do that with a cell phone, but whatever. Uh, well, we'll chalk it up to old old technology. Sure. Because, I mean, I think back in the day you could have had like a little small burner phone that would just had um, outgoing or incoming calls only. Yeah. But, and it could have just been they had a cell phone jammer on. In the yeah, room, that could also be. And then he turned it off at the proper time. It's fine. Not a huge deal. Yeah. There's... With how many traps he's made, there's ways around it. Yeah, that's a smart guy. That will work. Yeah, logistics map out. So we cut to a flashback with Dr. Gordon in the parking garage, and someone takes a photo of him, and he kind of hears it. Yeah, he doesn't really notice it, which, I mean, that definitely breaks rule two. Yep. And we'll talk about this more later because we get more of this scene. Yeah, we find out, yeah, a lot more from this. What scene. happens beforehand. So we'll come back to this because there's there's some stuff to say here. As he tries uh, like a payphone or whatever in the garage and it doesn't work. Then he tries his cell phone. I don't know why he didn't try his cell phone first, but whatever. And that doesn't work either. And he's distracted by this. A, a guy in a pig head costume manages to sneak up on him and knock him out. Yep. Rule number two, constant vigilance. But the real question here is, did Dr. Gordon know he was in a horror movie yet? We can't answer that yet until we get that other flashback. Yep, that's also true. So we'll have to come back to this because I typically don't blame people for not being constantly vigilant if they don't know they're in a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, um, I, I got some things to say on that. Yeah. But I, we, I, made some, I made some notes down for that. We one. will get back to that. But I'm spoiler alert, Dr. Gordon broke some rules here. Yeah. He done fucked up. Yes, indeed. Okay, so Gordon and Adam, they kind of start to turn on each other. They're getting angry. And Adam ends up showing Dr. Gordon the picture of his family tied up. Should he have done this? This kind of sends him over the edge. Yeah, this, this I think, was a, was a paradigm shift. It was more of, okay, you want to see what's going on? Here, here's that, you piece of shit. And then that kind of really sets into Gordon's mind, you know, what, what's going to happen to his family. And, you know, makes things more realistic as to what he is contemplating doing. Yeah, it makes things more dire. So I almost think Adam should have just been like, man, I just had an idea to turn the lights off so we could see the X. Like, yeah. It was just like... Well, he could say he could say that... He, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could have just been talking about, well, you know, the lights were off to begin with, so let's just turn the lights off again and see what's happening. He could have found a better way to explain this stuff away. Yeah. And he should not have told Dr. Gordon about this because this is what sends him over the edge and will lead to Adam getting shot by Dr. Gordon. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was a mistake on Adam's part. Yeah, this was a... He revealed his cards way too uh, too soon. Yep, he made yeah. an emotional decision here. Yep. So Gordon poisons one of the two cigarettes and then turns off the lights. And so Zepp can't see or hear them for some reason. Yeah, you'd think the cameras would be a little more high quality. I mentioned that when we were actually watching it. Or at least the audio would be. Yeah, where there wouldn't be crackling where, I mean... I mean, that that's a trump card all the way where you can just turn off the lights and just whisper the whole time. Yep. I mean... So, I don't know. Kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, it it progresses the plot line. Sure. And since we can see that Jigsaw clearly has the means to make traps, but they're like MacGyver-like traps where, you know, they're not uh, professionally crafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can assume that he doesn't have necessarily a big budget for this type of thing. Sure. So, we can... I mean, I'm... I'm more inclined to give it a pass yeah. than, in, than in other movies. Sure. That's fair. Uh, so Gordon tells Adam his plan to have Adam fake his death, and they turn the lights back on, and Gordon gives Adam the safe cigarette. Adam smokes it. 
does a horrible job pretending he got poisoned and Oof. pretends to die. Yeah, that was um, that was bad. That was might be the low point of the movie. Yeah, that's it's, it's a really bad scene. It's horrendous. I mean, it's it's like almost comically bad. Yeah, like I, I it, that had to be intentional. He had to be doing that on purpose. I mean, you'd think, but I mean, it doesn't match the rest of the film at all. No, it doesn't because if you would. If you if, I mean, put yourself in that position where if you had to, you mean you'd either have to pretend like you're dead or you're going to die. Yep. So, I mean, wouldn't you just put your Leonardo DiCaprio into it? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you best. just go all balls to the walls? Stupid. Christoph Waltz it? I mean, come on. So, uh, I don't know what that was, Adam, but do yeah. better. But Adam ends up getting electrocuted somehow and blows their whole plan. Gordon's kind of mad at him. Uh, yeah, Gordon actually seems to not believe him that uh, he got electrocuted. He seems to... Yep. He seems to blame it that, you know, he, he was sabotaging it for some reason. Yep. Which, I mean... You know, he's angry. Yeah, angry. You could understand, but... But then Adam remembers how he got here, and we have another flashback. Uh, it's Adam getting back to his apartment. He's developing photos in his dark room, mm-hmm. and the photos are of Dr. Gordon. And we see someone is spying on him through a peephole. It's actually a really cool shot. But then we cut to Adam wakes up. He fell asleep in there, and in his apartment is pitch black. And the power's out. His flashlight doesn't work, and he hears a noise in his apartment. Somebody else is here. At that point, yeah, you know something's up. Maybe, maybe it's it just a shitty building. Yeah, and it's like, creepy. I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've lived in, I've lived in places like that. Yeah, and I've, I've lived, yeah. And whenever there's a noise, when I know I'm the only one there. I'm reluctant to go and check. Yeah. I mean, like, I want, I, I obviously will go and check, but I'm going to plan out my route and yep. kind of, you know, even if it's subconsciously, for like a split second, kind of plan out what I might be doing. And I'm always more forgiving of people who check out strange noises if they don't leave their house. Like, that's a little bit more fair. Yeah. But Adam, he he uses his camera, the flash, which is very smart. He just had to light up the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that, very resourceful. And he's he's trying to figure out what's going on. And then he hears the creepy puppet laugh and finds Billy the puppet. I think this is w- where he royally messed up. Yeah. Adam should know he's in a horror movie at this point. Mm-hmm. From here on out, there are no excuses. And I'm going to also include a new rule here. We have rule number 11. Get out. Get out! Yeah. There's a point. If you are in a place and everything is so wrong... That you are not safe. And Adam knows this at this point. He is not safe. Yeah. You just got to get out. Well, because at first he goes and investigates a noise. Yep. A single noise. And I can I can understand that. Sure. Um, but then he hears more noises and different noises. Yep. Different consistencies, different frequencies. By that point, you should start to really be on edge. The way I look at it is he has no upper hand here Mm-mm. because he's walking down. He's making noise. He's flashing, yep. so he's blinding himself, I mean, while at the same time blinding another person. But yep. the other person clearly has, if, if there is truly someone in the house, there's clearly the upper hand yep. goes to the other person because, I mean, they have a hiding spot. They know, they can see where he's coming from generally. This is rule number 11, get out. Get out! At this point, Adam needs to just get the hell out of here. He's mm-hmm. not safe. He can't see, but he knows his apartment. That's the only thing he knows is the layout of his building. So yep. he just needs to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Get out! Yeah, he doesn't he, do it. Yeah, he really he wastes precious seconds destroying Billy the puppet, mm-hmm. and that that's what ultimately does him in and keeps him from I think escaping because at that point you should be getting the hell out of there. He does follow rule number five where he locks and loads. Yep, he gets a baseball bat, mm-hmm. but grab the baseball bat, sure, but then just get the hell out. Yeah, just get get it as a defensive weapon 
as you're leaving. Instead, he hears a noise coming from either the closet or another room. I don't really know. And he opens the door, and Pighead is inside and gets him. And I think this is Adam's biggest blunder in the whole movie. He needed to get the hell out right now. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Yep. So we come back into the bathroom. We have 25 minutes left until 6 o'clock. And Gordon gets a phone call from his daughter, Diana. And it's revealed Zepp is holding the phone up for both Diana and Allison. And Allison ends up telling Gordon that Adam knows Dr. Gordon and that he should not trust Adam. So Gordon ends up confronting about this. Um, and it's revealed that Adam was the one who took Dr. Gordon's picture in that parking garage. And Adam pulls all of his photos out. And then, so we go back to that, that uh, the package he found in the toilet. With, with the hacksaws. And turns out a bunch of all of Adam's photos were in there too. All of Dr. Gordon. And he just tossed them all over the place. And Adam reveals he's been spying on Gordon. He was hired to do it. And Gordon was actually at a motel room that night. He was not at a hospital. And he was seeing one of his med students and possibly having an affair or about to start one. Yeah, I couldn't tell because... I noticed because obviously I've seen the movie before when he's current when he's when we first get introduced to Zep in the hospital she's one of those three yep. doctors and she's given him these eyes that just like I want to fuck you eyes yeah yeah and exactly. so and so you could see that there was something already there but yeah I don't, I would I didn't know if he had actually had an affair or if like they were about to and he got cold feet yep because he yells at Adam later that he didn't cheat on his wife yeah like he's very adamant about it but. And we never, we have no evidence to suggest that he did, mm-hmm. but he did go here and possibly got cold feet. Well, he got cold feet this time, but who knows if he'd done it before. Exactly. We don't know. But either way, Gordon does not go through with it. Yeah. But the most important thing is the phone rings here mm-hmm. and the medical student answers it and it's for Dr. Gordon, and which is weird because nobody should know either of them are there. But the person on the other line says, I know what you're doing, doctor. And the phone hangs up. Now, somebody knows you're at this motel room doing something you shouldn't be doing, and that was a mildly threatening phone call. Yeah. You don't necessarily know you're in a horror movie, but you should be on your guard here. You should be hyper-vigilant at this point. I mean, you should already be hyper-vigilant because you're at a place where you shouldn't be. A sketchy motel? Yeah, a sketchy motel with someone who's not your wife, with or in a place where you said you were not. So just... Already be vigilant. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, you need to be at least vigilant if you're going to be stupid. Yep. And so this is where we have him going out to the parking garage. And Adam snaps the photo of him, which he hears something. He doesn't necessarily see the flash, but he hears something for sure. And he doesn't really do much looking around. He just glances up a little bit. But he doesn't even, like, look behind him or anything. No. He he was completely, completely unaware of what was going on. And in that parking garage, which is a really creepy parking garage... I am on my guard the whole way. Even it could be just some crackhead trying to mug you, right? Yeah, I would be. I would be carrying around my knife or something. Like, yeah. I, like hands down, I would not be caught off my guard. So I don't know if he necessarily knew he was in a horror movie until he woke up in the bathroom. But he even just based on where he was and what he was, it doing, should have been common sense. So I'm going to go ahead and say violation of rule number two: constant vigilance for Doctor Gordon here. Mm-hmm. He did basically the worst he could do here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not good. So we go back to the bathroom, and Adam reveals the guy who hired him is Detective Tapp, who was discharged from the police force after Singh's death because he kind of went nuts. And Gordon starts to break down at this point. He's, he's really losing it. And back at the Gordon's home, Allison gets the gag out of her mouth. Really good job here. And she starts to, starts to untie herself. Adam sees one of his pictures that he took of Gordon's place and realizes he got a photo of someone else in Gordon's home. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's Zepp. And so Gordon knows Zepp is in on this, if not behind it all. Yep. And that's what we're to believe as well. Yeah, we're led to believe that Zepp is behind everything at this point. So Gordon is on the same page as the rest of us now. But the clock strikes six. 
And so this is where it's interesting. I don't want to put this in as a rule yet. I think it will become a rule as we get later into the Saw movies. Follow the rules. Mm. Because, especially later in the series, when people are more familiar with the Jigsaw Killer and how to survive his games, mm-hmm. you follow the rules. Yeah. And Gordon and Adam did not follow the rules here. Um, Gordon missed the deadline. Yep. And that causes the chaotic ending. Now, he gets lucky that his wife and daughter don't get murdered. Oh, yeah. He gets extremely lucky. And it's not by any uh, act of his own. No, it has nothing to do with him. Yeah, he could have easily just sat there and done nothing. And the outcome for his wife and daughters would have been the same. Yeah. So he's very fortunate. It's tough because he knew something about the Jigsaw Killer because he was part of the investigation. He was a suspect. But it's a little unclear on exactly how much he knows about these games. But, I mean, the rules was simple. I yeah. Mean, the rules were laid out very simple for him in this game. Yes. Where he said, he, I mean, Jigsaw said, your goal is to kill Adam. And he had opportunities and, to do it. Yeah. I mean, he could have easily... I mean, Adam didn't even see when he poisoned the yep. the cigarette, so he could have easily just tossed Adam that yep. one, and it would have been done. And he does end up shooting Adam later, and Adam could have easily bled out from that. Yep. So, he this is a doable, winnable game. Doesn't necessarily mean he would have lived, but he would have saved his family. Mm-hmm. Now, again, nobody dies from this these actions here, so I'm not going to put this in as a rule, especially because it's a little unclear on how much he knew to follow these rules. Yeah. You, know, you have eight hours to try and come with a way out. I, I don't blame him, especially if you're not doing it right away. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's tough, uh, and it becomes a little bit more straightforward in the sequels, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little unclear. The clock strikes six. Zep. It's his time to kill Allison and Diana. And Allison has gotten herself and Diana free at this point, but they fake still being tied up when mm-hmm. Zep comes back in. And Zep has Allison call Dr. Gordon and tell him he failed. And Allison uses the opportunity to attack Zep and fight, gets the gun out of his hands, gets the phone, talks to Gordon. You know, he's got, she's got the gun on Zep, talking to him. Zep keeps starting to slowly get up. She's like, no, get back down. Yeah, she, she, makes, a, she makes the blunder here. Yeah, this isn't great. It, she doesn't end up paying for it, but... When Zep moves at all, you say, don't move or I'm going to shoot you. And then when he moves, you shoot him. Yeah, 100%. Self-defense. Yeah, yeah she she should have... She was locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. That was good. But yeah, didn't even tap once. Nope, no, no. Yeah. And I mean, if anything, take a take a page out of uh, The Departed. Just blow a kneecap up. Yeah, kneecap them. Just kneecap them and they can't go anywhere. Yep. And guess what? They're not going to They're not gonna bleed out. They'll be okay. They're not going to die from it. And you're not going to get to charge with manslaughter. Again. Yeah, you're just going to be like, I was defending myself and... Yep. This was my safest way to keep him yep. um, uh, he, subdued. I tried to stop him from moving, but he kept moving. Yeah. So shoot him. Mm-hmm. Got to shoot him here. But yeah. she doesn't do it. Diana distracts her mom. Mommy. And she ends up fight again, and the gun goes off. And this alerts Detective Tap. Or yep. I guess he's just Tap now. He hears the shots. He sees the stuff on his camera, and so he heads on over. And Allison manages to stab Zep with a pair of scissors, which is awesome. Yeah, that Real was badass. a sick move. She's got some fighting chops, at the very least. Yeah. Tap breaks in, and a gunfight breaks out. Gordon hears the whole thing, and he hears screaming, and he thinks, he's thinking the worst. It's like the Star Wars scene in the trash compactor. Yeah. With C-3PO. They're dying. Yeah. <laughs> I failed them all, too. <laughs> Allison grabs her daughter, and they get the hell out of there. They get out. Get out! Yeah, they follow Rule 11. They, beautifully. Yep, they just get the hell out of there, and they get out of this franchise. Because yep. we never see them again. Smart move. Good on them. They get the hell out. Zep manages to injure Tap and escape, but Tap follows suit. Back in the bathroom, Gordon is kind of believing his family's dead. Yep. And he's just freaking out, and he gets electrocuted and loses his grip on the phone, ends up kind of a ways away from him. Throws it, yep, throws it a little bit of ways. 
And then we get a car chase that is very weirdly shot. Yeah. I kind of like it, but it's kind of cheap. Yeah, the it's a very fun, interesting yep. scene. And Zep manages to get to this warehouse and goes inside. Tap all suit. And so here's where I am going to implement rule number 12, which is wait for backup. You know, mm-hmm. call for help, get some backup. Yeah. Don't go into the killer's lair alone. Although I will say, I was thinking that uh, when we were wa- as we were watching the movie, but as I thought more about it, it would he have had backup come? Because he's disgraced at this point. True. Everyone kind of thinks he's a loony. So do you really think, I mean, would it be the boy who cried wolf? Where if he even called for backup or anybody, would anybody really even show? It's hard to say because we don't know enough about yeah. what happened in between. It's yeah. been five months. Mm-hmm. But I, I still say do it. Yeah. And I mean, there's no, t- there's no harm in doing it. But, like, I, I was thinking, well, what if nobody would even come? So maybe that was his mind state of... It could be. Well, no one's going to c- come even if I... But Tap gets killed here. And if Hattie waited for backup, I mean, sure, that might have gotten away. But they know who it is now. They, yes. they, they know who it is. They know where to go. At the very least, call the cops and then go in. If you really want to be a hero, which yeah. is still kind of dumb. Or just, or even like call in a threat and say, say, hey, uh, I'm holding a hostage at this location. The and jigsaw then, killer is at this place. Hang up. Yeah. Or you if know. you don't even want that, to like make it just have the cop show up. Just say like, I'm holding a hostage. Sure. Because, I mean. That'll get people over. Yeah. That'll get people over. You know, something. Uh, but he does nothing. And because of his lack of doing anything, you know, letting anybody know what he's doing. Again, he's done this before and got his partner killed. This time he's going to get himself killed. Mm-hmm. So this is terrible on Detective Tap's part. It's beautiful uh, symmetry. I'm going to go ahead and add rule number 12 of wait for backup. Wait for backup. Can we also say that during that fight scene uh, with again, with Zep and uh, and the detective? Tap? Yeah, with, with Zep and Tap. How does Tap not just overpower the heck out of him? He has a solid 6-7 inches at least 100 more pounds on him. Zep has a poison going through his body, and so he's... And he's also been stabbed in the leg. He's also been stabbed in the leg. So clearly this man is not in peak physical condition. The only thing I can say is maybe Tap got hit in the head with that vase earlier, so maybe he's got a concussion or something. Yeah, that could be. But I just feel... I feel like, especially with the gun struggle, the gun struggle, I just don't know how Tap couldn't have just... No, just throwing an elbow or something or yep. done something to overpower him because, I mean, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's, he's Danny Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover. Big, towering man. Tall guy. So back in the bathroom, the phone rings. Gordon can't reach it. He could have used his shirt, though. He could. I, I, wrote, I specifically wrote this down. It says, Doc could have used Hacksaw to answer phone. Yeah. He, he could have grabbed the Hacksaw and just pulled it towards him. Yeah. No. I mean. He wasn't thinking. He's clearly out of his mind at this point. Yeah. His world entirely just collapsed. Yep. With Assuming that his family had all just been shot and killed. So, yeah, you could understand his uh, state of mind a little bit. But this goes back to rule number 10, don't panic. Yep. Uh, don't do not do that. So Gordon kind of uh, loses it and uses his shirt as a tourniquet and starts to cut off his own foot. Not great. No. <laughs> no. Too early for this. Yeah, we, we talked about this. It's, yeah, it was not, was not the smartest idea. You're going to lose blood. Immense amount of blood and die relatively quickly. Yes. Unless, well, I mean, we we find out later in later movies what how he yeah. uh, fixes it. And but. he does have the tourniquet on, which actually might explain why he was able to hold on a little bit longer. That was smart. It was smart of him to do yeah. the tourniquet. He's a doctor. That that would help. Yeah. And maybe since he's a doctor, he was able to do a little more... Uh, a better job. But, yeah, more... Less of a hack job. <laughs> Fun intended. <laughs> and then we see in Saw 7 how he manages to stop the bleeding just, just after this the movie ends. 
so this might this movie might stretch reality a little bit, but I think it's it's fairly close. It's it's within the realm of possibility. You know, yeah, I, I can buy it just barely. I'm with I'm I'm able to uh, suspend my disbelief just enough, just just a little bit. There's enough there that I can be like, okay, maybe, yeah. But they don't really do it. They don't really sell it very well because he looks like he is a ghost. Yeah, and he already looked pasty yes. during the whole movie. Okay, so Tap and Zep they're fighting, and Zep manages to shoot Tap and, and sort of kill him. Now. According to the video games, which I've never played, but Tap allegedly lives, and he's like the main character in the video game, I guess. But we're not going to count the video games here today, mm. so let's just assume Tap dies. Here. I've played the second one, and it's you play as his son in the second one. Uh, you, um, I think you do. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It's, it was, it, I read the plot summary. I think it was. I think I played that in ninth or tenth grade. So been well, a been a two thousand nine long time. We're ago. not going to mess with the video games here. No. Um, so we'll just assume Tap does die here from the gunshot wound. So let's just go over Tap's many many failures. He did know he was in a horror movie because he's you know on the hunt yep. of a serial killer. Yeah. He he had ample information. Yep. Knew how the serial killer thought and performed everything. Yep. He did not have great constant vigilance when he got his throat slashed by Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. He did a poor job with his his job. He didn't uh, get a warrant to nope. search the place. He didn't call for backup. He didn't wait for backup. Yep. And that's pretty much it. it and then in the end, his death comes from his inability to wait for backup, which yep. is something he failed to do earlier. Got his partner killed and it gets himself killed. Mm-hmm. And so, all of it could have been prevented if yep. they had just jumped Jigsaw right out of the elevator. Yep, if they had been a little smarter. Because they were right next to the elevator. They were right there. And then all of a sudden they were like, no, let's wait hide. and see what let's he does. Let's hide. Let's see what this man does. It, it's terrible. It's really bad. Um, And he gets a lot of people killed with his actions. Yeah. So, not great tap. Yeah, so, I, I, I really don't feel bad for him dying at all. No, he got what he deserved. Yeah. Gordon cuts his foot off completely. He gets his hands on the gun and the bullet. Adam... Starts pleading for his life. He really should have been moving back and forth a lot more. He stands a little too still. I would have been. I would have been doing burpees, man. I yeah. would have been. I would have been going up, up down. down. I would have been doing insanity moves, L- like, left, right, yeah, all over the place. Just keep moving. Doing the robot. I mean, do the Matrix even? Like shit. Do something. Do anything. Like he was just going. He was just kind of doing like a one-two hop. Yep. Um. Very slowly. Especially because Gordon just cut his foot off. I don't think his aim is going to be the best. No. No. But he does get the shot off and shoots Adam in the shoulder. Adam's down on the ground. It is later revealed, though, that Gordon intentionally shot him in the shoulder. I don't know if I believe that. And maybe, I, maybe it was a cop out, but and to, to not to be like no hard feelings. That and I tried even to if kill he you. was, again, his aim is terrible. He could have easily shot at him in like the heart or the head or yeah, something. That's very true. <laughs> Zep arrives at this point, and here we have a, a rule failure for Zep because he checks to see if Adam is dead, but he does not double tap. He does not double tap, and this is Zep's biggest violation. Because if we're looking at the fact that Zep is a victim too, even though he's a huge asshole, mm-hmm. this is uh, his biggest failure is the double tap. Yeah. He ultimately have. gets him killed. Yeah, it does. So he points his gun at Gordon, tells him he's going to kill him because that's the rules. And he, but right before he can shoot Gordon, Adam attacks him. Adam is smart and locked and loaded with the toilet seat cover. Uh, good job with rule number five there, Adam. And smashes his brains in and beats Zep to death yeah. with the toilet seat cover. Yeah. It's Brutality. Great. Brutality. Good for Adam. Rule double number five. Taps, double taps. Oh, yeah. So many times. So many times. It's great. So Zep is dead. So let's go back and talk about Zep a little bit more because we get revealed here that he was a victim too. Yep. He was um, not the mastermind. Because he had a slow-acting poison in his body. Couldn't he have just gone to a doctor? Like, I doubt the the only antidote is in Jigsaw's hands. I mean, unless Jigsaw is like an absolute chemist. Uh, Which we have no evidence of. We have no evidence of. 
But you know, had, maybe maybe he got his hands on something. Who knows? He had at least eight hours, probably more like nine, yeah. at the very least, yeah. to get help for himself to go see a doctor. And uh, yeah, and the other thing is he he could have played it so much differently. Yeah, where it didn't have to be such a shit show. Yep. So he does so many things wrong, and he also violates rule number four, which is don't be a menace. Yeah, because he He's actively a- chose to hold a woman and her daughter hostage and was going to kill them. Yeah. I mean, like like I said earlier, he could have just been outside in a car yep. waiting, and then they'd be asleep. Yep. And then he could just quietly break in at the night and just, you know, just take them out. If he wanted time. to do that, he could have done it much easier. He didn't have to terrorize no, them. No, He was an absolute ass. Yep. The and whole time. The I whole feel time. like he should have just gone to a doctor and been like, yo, I've been poisoned. Yeah, like, figure out what's wrong with me, and let's get this show Give me an antidote, please. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no way Jigsaw is the only antidote in the world for this thing. Yeah. No way. The odds don't. The odds are not in the favor. And then also, you know, constant vigilance thing. He wasn't keeping his eye on Adam. You know, he assumed he was dead. It's true. He wasn't. He didn't he double tap. Was, he wasn't keeping an eye on the woman. Nope. Uh, the wife and child. Who which, got, which got freed. Who got freed. So, I mean, why not just have all of them in one room? Yep. So that way, so that, like, literally, TV screens, computer screens, and... Wife and child. Would have been much easier. I mean, come on. That way you can use your perifs and keep everything in check. Now, he knew he was in a horror movie because of his actions, so there's no real excuses there. So, all in all, failures of constant vigilance. He was a menace, and he failed to double tap. And yep. that's what all led to Zep's death. Gordon crawls over, and he and Adam, like, talk, and Gordon's gonna go get help. It takes a long time to talk and reassure Adam. Like, yo, you're bleeding out. Get, get moving, Adam. Yeah. Or get I, moving would say, I, I wouldn't even say bye. I'd be like, I'm leaving. I'm gonna get help. Yeah. Stay here. Getting help. Peace. Yeah. Like, It'll be okay. And you can say that as you're crawling away. Like, you don't have to stop. Yeah, you don't have to stop and give a hearty handshake. Yep. Bro fist or whatever. Give a big emotional moment. I get it's a movie, but come on. Yeah. Um, and then Adam is smart, and he starts searching, searching Zep's corpse. And he finds a tape and a tape player. And it's revealed that Zep was a pawn this whole time. Uh, he's the, the poisonous veins, yada yada. We talked about all this already. But then the body in the middle of the room gets up. And it's revealed he is... Dr. Gordon's patient, John, from earlier in the movie, and he is the jigsaw killer. He was the one who put um, Adam's key in the bathtub, and he reveals, like, uh, the key to your chain is in the bathtub. And again, that's bullshit. Yeah, that, that, that goes back to, like, my biggest grievance. Yep, that's so stupid. Adam does not panic and tries to shoot Jigsaw. Yeah, he... Baller move. Yeah, moves real quickly at it. He, yep. he lunges for the gun. He probably could have gotten away with it had he maybe been a little more stealthy... Yeah, maybe a little more. Maybe rule ten: don't panic. Yep, but um, he goes for it. He just goes for it. He goes. He goes. He goes for broke, and he gets electrocuted. He had no way of knowing that. I, I held nothing against Adam that for no. he tried to take down the killer. Well, because yeah, he had no idea that uh, that corpse was controlling the electrocution the yep. whole time. He had no way of knowing that. So, no way of knowing. I mean, because uh, up up until this point, they were assuming that Zep was the killer. Yep, and the killer was dead. So huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't even you can't even blame Rule Two. Yep. Nope. Because oh, it was uh, he was perfectly still the whole time. Yeah. Well, I think it was. It's revealed in later movies that he had like a like a drug, a effect. muscle relaxer. Yeah, a muscle. Yeah, whatever that. Yeah. So, so he didn't move. Mm-hmm. There's no one to know. Yeah. With the information Adam had here, I hold nothing against no. him, and I'm impressed with his attempt. Yep. It was a good try. It was a bummer. It was a bummer that he got electrocuted. And Jigsaw electrocutes him and turns out the lights. She shuts the door and shouts, game over. And credits. And the credits. 
Now, we're going to go ahead and... Spoilers for the, the sequels here. Uh, Dr. Gordon lives. Adam never gets out of this room. Nope. He, um, he's there forever. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Adam's flaws and deaths here now, because I'll forget all this stuff by the time we, we see his actual death on screen. Yep. So Adam dies here. So what did Adam do wrong? Basically, it all comes down to rule number 11, get out. Get out! When he is in his apartment and he realizes, yo, someone's here, there's a creepy-ass puppet. Yep. He did not get out no, in time. He, he was stupid. He was he, he did the he did the Scooby Doo method, going, "Hey gang, let's check out this." Yep. And yeah, you have no business doing that. Nope. When you're in a creepy old apartment and you hear somebody else yeah. there, and when the you second had, you see a creepy puppet in your house, yeah. get out. It's like if especially when it's not yours. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much all it comes down to. You know, Adam made a couple of like minor mistakes once he was in the bathroom, but yeah. none of that really resulted in his death. I mean, you could say it accelerated it. Yep. With, um, especially with revealing the picture and the and the gunshot. You know, he, you know, some minor mistakes that uh, ended with him getting shot, but that's not what kills him. I'm not gonna hold it against him for the key thing. Yeah. He had no chance there. Basically, no chance. once he was in the cuffs in the the basement, unless he saws his foot off, which he's not a doctor, he's got well, his saw broke and his saw broke. His saw broke through, so he had no way of actually getting out of those chains. So, I'm not gonna hold anything against Adam once he's in the room itself because mm-hmm. there's. Virtually nothing he could have done. All of his mistakes were from the outside. From, yeah. From before. So he, once he was in the trap, he was screwed. So it really just comes down to rule number 11, get out. That's yep. Adam's big violation. And you see a creepy puppet in your house that doesn't belong to you, get out. Yeah, right? Don't open up a closet, wait three seconds, and then flash a picture. Yep. Like, if anything, open and flash yep. and open swing, flash swing at anything, even if there's nothing there. Yep. Preemptive. It's a bummer. Okay, so that's the the plot summary for Saw. Um, so we added three new rules today. We have rule number 10, don't panic. Rule number 11, get out. Get out! And rule number 12, wait for backup. You I like those, those rules. rules. You like them? I, I sign off on all three of those. All right. I think those uh, had certain characters follow those rules. The outcome would be a lot less death. Yes. <laughs> a lot less. A lot less fun, though. Yeah, a lot less fun. Um, so that's three movies, 12 rules. Good stuff. So let's go into the awards now. We have two awards we give out on the show. The first is called the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which is named after Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Uh, he knows all the rules to survive horror movies, so this award goes to the person who did the best job at following the rules to survive. And, well, I think Adam did a fairly decent job, especially as he got into the bathroom and stuff like that. And then you have Allison, Dr. Warren's wife, who did a pretty decent job, mm-hmm. too. There's only one person in this movie who did perfectly. Amanda. Amanda. Yeah, I think we have to give it to Amanda Young because she, once she realized she was in a horror movie, she panicked for just a moment, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't a dire moment. Composure was spot on. Yeah, when she needed it, as soon as the timer started going, she was composed. She didn't panic when she realized the person she had to cut open was still alive. She did what she had to do. And and as they said, she's the only one who had ever made it out up to that point. survived, yeah. Now, Dr. Gordon did survive too. He made a lot of mistakes though. Yeah, he was sloppy. he was sloppy, very sloppy. But I think you have to give it to Amanda for a perfect score, basically. Mm-hmm. No, no violations. She wasn't in a lot of the movie, but she's a key player yeah, in this series. Ten out of ten. Yeah, well done, Amanda. And then our second rule is the Night of the Living Pleb Award, which is named after Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant. You seen that movie, Jake? No, I actually have not. She is the most useless character. Ever. She's one of the two main characters in that movie, and she is beyond useless. She's okay. the worst. So the Night of the Living Pleb Award is for for Barbara. But in this movie, 
I think you have to give it to Detective Tap. Oh, yes. 100%. Because not only does he violate rules, but he violates the same rules repeatedly. The, yeah. He, yeah, he's a, he's a repeated rule offender. Yep. Repeat offender. Repeat offender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he does not do his job properly. He fails to get a warrant. He fails to wait for backup. Doesn't have the constant vigilance. He lets Jigsaw get away by... Gets his partner killed. Um, gets himself killed. Yeah, he does the same can't, thing later. Can't outrun and outgun a little tiny twerp nerdy dude with yep. a limp with a gimp limp because of a knife wound or a scissor wound. He does basically nothing right in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's just a big bag of incompetence. Yep. Horrible yeah. police officer, but he is certainly too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the Night of the Living Pleb Award goes to Detective Tap. Danny Glover, and I guess not-so-living pleb, I guess. Yeah, right. Would be more proper. So next up, Jake, did you like being on the podcast? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. This was this was truly an honor. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. A lot okay. of fun. Well, this is the part of the show where I let my guests claim a spot uh, on the show. They get to claim a movie that they want. And as long as that hasn't already been claimed, it's yours. Okay. With all consideration, I think I'm going to reserve... The Strangers. The Strangers. Okay. As my horror film. Okay. It's a, okay. It's a horror film that I, I rather enjoy. It's one of my one of my top favorites. Okay. So I will put The Strangers in the chamber. It's not on the wheel right now. And basically how it's going to work is once I finish a series, I'll put on something new. Okay. So right now, Children of the Corn is coming on the next spot, followed by Leprechaun, and then The Strangers will be the third spot. Mm, okay. So uh, I will definitely have you on again before The Strangers. Good. And so last part is we have to spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. All right, so go ahead and spin the wheel, Jake. All right. Ooh, the Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. That is one of my all-time favorites. That's very exciting. I'm glad you spin that. Thank you very much, Jake. My pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the next episode will be on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's very exciting. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast, hey, Jake. Yeah, my pleasure, man. My I'm pleasure. Happy. It, it was great to have you. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too. Yeah. So that's it. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there, people. Uh, uh.